Dream to Reality Entertainment presents the Think Tank Podcast. Starring your host, he's a podcaster, photographer, filmographer, writer, conspiracy fascist, entrepreneur, explorer, color commentator, picky eater, beer ninja, secret agent, and the world's most influential humanoid, he is Ryan the Area Man. And now, coming to you pre-recorded from the very secretive D2R studios, deep undercover in the world's deepest, darkest, most secure, Hadron Collider and Nuclear Bomb Tested and Approved Doomsday Bunker. Here is Ryan the Area Man. What is up, everybody? I'm Ryan the Area Man. This is the Think Tank Podcast. Thanks for clicking the download button. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling everybody that you know. Subscribe and download and listen and all that good stuff. Today, um, we go deep into the uh, mysterious continent of Antarctica. Um, all the uh, there's been like basically what it is that they're doing down there. We kind of try and look into that. Um, the uh, strange expeditions that have gone down there that you know have brought tons of military uh, personnel with them and the science projects they're doing down there and. All this stuff, and it, it's it's quite interesting. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. If you've ever wondered about Antarctica, which, let's be honest, it's the most mysterious continent on this planet, because not too many people have actually been there. At least, well, you tell me. Do you know anybody, physically know anybody, that has ever been to Antarctica? I guarantee you, 99% of the listeners... Maybe even not 100% don't know anybody. Because so few people have been there. And if you have been there, you're probably sworn to secrecy. It's kind of odd. Uh, there's a simple explanation, I suppose, that, oh, it's too cold, it's, it's hard to get to, you know, whatever. But yet there's all kinds of stuff going on down there that, you know, kind of just gets brushed under the table. Well, we're going to lift that table up, we're going to move the table, and we're going to look at all that shit that's been brushed under it. And, uh, yeah, that's today's episode. So, real quick, um, you do shopping online? Of course you do. Go to uh, help us out by going to thearyaman.com, click the sponsor tab, then the Amazon banner. takes you directly to Amazon. You buy whatever you're going to buy. It costs you nothing extra. Uh, it's basically a way of, by you clicking that banner, it's, it's uh, indicating to Amazon that we sent you to Amazon. And so then you buy whatever you're going to buy, and Amazon makes a profit, obviously, off of everything that's sold on Amazon. And uh, they're going to take a small percentage of their profit and throw it our way as a thanks for sending you there. So you get your great item, Amazon gets you shopping there, and we, the podcast, make a small chunk for sending you there. And uh, that's how you, in an indirect way, help us out and get what you want anyways. Uh, so it's a win-win-win. Um, I like it. I think it's uh, it's great. And, and uh, 
every time I buy from Amazon, I click the banner. I mean, you you can also bookmark it. Once you click that banner, if you just bookmark that Amazon page that comes up, you never have to go through those steps again. You just go to that bookmark, and it's already there, and then Amazon just knows. You know what I mean? So go do that. We appreciate it. This is free, um, but it does cost us to do this. So, but you know, we do it for the love of doing it. But it does, uh, it does help when you know you're going to go to Amazon anyways. Why not just go through those steps one time and bookmark it? You know. Anyways, uh, we appreciate uh, all that you do. Also, if you have a beard or know somebody that has a beard and you're wanting to get some beard oil or um, get a gift of beard oil for somebody that has a beard, go to phoenixbeardoils.com. Um, it's pretty explanatory once you go to the website. Um, when you go check out, enter the promo code D2R, and uh, they're going to give you 10% off the entire order. And uh, they're going to throw in a free sample as well, so you can't beat it. Um, yeah, so that'll do it for the sponsors. Let's get into this episode about Antarctica. Enjoy. So, Dave, um, my friend, Ryan, yeah. the, the guy I know. What? Did you, did you need something? No, you, you said, so, Dave, my friend, and I said, yes, Ryan, the guy I know. Mm. What, uh, what's up? Why for you bringing me here? Well, because, uh, Other than I... the fact that my stunning good looks and boyish charm makes you happy. What else you got? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I don't like sitting there time I'm talking to myself, so. Um, I'd rather talk to you. I'd rather talk at you, Dave. <laughs> you know. Like, last week, it was just all you, all Ryan, all the Was time. there a problem here? No, no, I fell asleep like nine times and jerked off. <laughs> was it four. that morning? I fell, I, I, no, because I jerked was, up four was, times to keep me awake. I thought it was pretty interesting. No, it was it was totally cool. I mean, it was it was just a lot of information for me to try and soak in, and obviously the letter was hard for you to read. It was hard for me to understand. Yeah, but that was just a quarter of the episode. Yeah, I know. No, I know. <laughs> I think I did a pretty good reading the rest. No, 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 I know. You're a dick. Why? Anyways. Why, are you now self-conscious now? No. I... I Dude, it's hard to read a lot of shit. I know. And it, it was stuff that I couldn't really interject too much. But I did when I could. No, we did a <clears throat> fair amount of conversation yeah, on yeah. The Sharia fucktards. Yeah, the, the fucking cut-your-head-off dick fuckers, yeah. yeah. Or right, this week... I missed that class in CCD. Okay. <laughs> What's CCD? I don't know what it stood for. But it was my religion class. When I stopped going to private school, I had to go to public school. Then I had to take CCD classes. Uh, I don't know what it stood for. It was just CCD. CCD. Oh, whatever. Um, today, yeah, we're talking about mysterious what they aren't, or what oh, aren't. Oh fuck yeah! What aren't they telling us about Antarctica? Uh, 
Megan Fox fired and yeah. escorted off. I already clicked on that. That's what an the, old article. What the fuck is that? Now, don't look at those things, Dave. Well, there's pictures on here. I'm trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, and it says it's an ad for uh, oh. erectile dysfunction. <laughs> I was looking at that because I'm like, did they find that? Because in websites have ads on them, and yeah, it fucking know, but ruins my life. Anyways, can we just have an ad-free life? That'd be amazing. By the way, go to theairyman.com <laughs> click the sponsor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we did all that in the intro. Yeah. All right, what, um, what do we got here? Antarctica, the most sadistic of lands, sub-zero temperatures, unforgiving terrain, evil penguins, perhaps. Antarctica is largely a mystery, mystery to civilians, but happy feet aside, have you ever questioned why? Yes, all the fucking time. Me too. I so want to go there. Did, didn't we actually run like a thing to try a couple yeah. episodes ago? Try to get there? Yeah, we, we couldn't. couldn't. Yeah. All right, Antarctica. The coldest climate on Earth has always been shrouded in mystery. What do we know? Or Jesus Christ! What we do know <laughs> is it's a desolate region and is the world's fifth largest continent, with ninety nine point five percent of its body covered in ice. East Antarctica is around the size of Australia, and the west is made up of a series of frozen islands stretching towards South America's southern tip. Because there is little rainfall, Antarctica is classified as a desert. But rather than sandstorms, there are blizzards with winds of up to 320 kilometers... Kilo, Jesus Christ, Ryan! Kilometers an hour. Want to start all over? Hi, I'm Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> One trick kills erect... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's where the ad is. Yeah. Uh, exploration reportedly occurred from circa 1820 onward. But we, what we don't know is far greater. I should just take all this and put it in the, the thing and let uh, Strom Brokenjaw fucking oh, I, read it. I can read it just fine, too. <laughs> no, it's fine. For example, at the end of World War II, Operation High Jump was initiated. Some will say the U.S. hit the panic button, and conspiracy theorists, among others, forever question why. Between August 1946 and February 1947, Operation High Jump was engaged in what some describe as an invasion of Antarctica. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. I have never heard of that. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have. Uh, one story of the events suggests the U.S. panicking to protect the United States from flying objects. Another less exciting version of events is the military investigating and exploring for mineral deposits, namely coal, and to also establish training for personnel and determining, establishing, and maintaining possible U.S. bases. Stupid fucking dog sneezing constantly over <laughs> here. trying to what the fuck she was doing. Um... But whatever the task at hand for decorated Admiral Richard E. Byrd, remember we've, that? Yeah, we've talked about that, motherfucker. This is your uh, Middle Earth guy here. Yeah. The notable leader assigned to the operation, it also involved multiple aircraft, 13 naval ships, and an aircraft carrier, the USS Philippine Sea, and close to 5,000 men. It's a handsome picture of the I Admiral. I thought it was Robin, or, uh, Kevin Costner first. Kevin when Costner. When he first started growing up. Yep, that's Admiral Richard E. Byrd. He was a highly decorated American naval officer who specialized in exploration, particularly that of the Antarctica. This display of military strength occurred shortly after World War II, and while eco economies were struggling to stay afloat, the Cold War was also looming as Russia started to rise as a possible superpower and thus begged the question of why the U.S. would place so much money and manpower into traveling to the harshest supposed unpopulated region of the world. That would be quite curious at the time. Mm. Scratching my head. <clears throat> yes. Little information has ever been released about Operation High Jump, but the operation was launched with speed and secrecy. At the time, even then, 
The media were suspicious about the vast amounts of military power required for the journey. Admiral Ramsey stated at the time, the chief of naval naval operations only will deal with other governmental agencies and that no diplomatic negotiations are required. No foreign observers will be accepted. There's a picture of what appears to be a cave or tunnel or something. Look, man-made as fuck, too. Yeah, and and that's a less ice-covered part of Antarctica, it appears to be. Uh, what it says, the description, A cave was found on Google Maps recently, adding more fuel to the fire of underground German bases and the theory that the planet is hollow. Interesting. Over 70,000 aerial photographs were taken during 220 hours of flight time, and it was all shrouded in secrecy. Several men had been reported as losing their lives in plane crashes. Upon arrival home, Byrd was summoned to Washington and, t- and interrogated by the Secret Services before a meeting with... Secretary, or sec- Security Services. Oh. What I say? Sec- Secret Se- Services, yeah. Sorry. Security Services before a meeting with Secretary of Defense James Forrestal. Following, Admiral Byrd declared today that it was imperative for the United States to initiate immediate defense measures against hostile regions, reported the El Mercurior... Mercurio, a news outlet in Chile, on March 5, 1947. The declaration Bird made is what captures all of those who love the conspiracy. Flying objects that fly from pole to pole with incredible speeds were the new threat. But who were the, the new enemies, given Germany had just suffered a defeating blow in the war? Some say it was the remnants of the German army and bases established in Antarctica. Others aren't so sure. But it was the flying objects that dominated this mystery. One theory put forward was Nazi Germany's ability to have established UFO bases for their secret Nazi weapons. But would this have instigated such a heavy-handed military response under the guise of exploration when the Germans had already been defeated? So here's a picture of... Uh, so it's it's obviously a Photoshop, but it's like a picture of like um, those islands from the movie Kong. Yeah. And uh, what would be like a UFO with like a uh, little cross on it? With two little flight, uh, it almost looks like fighter pilots down at the bottom, see you? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. stealth bombers almost. Yeah. And there's one above the water there too, right? In the middle it's there. It's like a fleet of UFOs and shit. Yeah. Um, it's obviously a fake photo, but that's interesting. Um, so the question, or here's, here's the little description with the picture. Was there a German base in Antarctica? Reportedly, Hitler had instigated explorations to the Poles before World War One. After World War Two, 250,000 Germans were allegedly unaccounted for. I find that interesting. So either they died, but they couldn't even say that they were dead. Yeah, they, they just could. were unaccounted for. Mm. A lot of people died in the war, though, so I mean, there's somewhat of a plausible explanation there that you are not going to be able to identify every single one. Mm-hmm. But that is a lot of fucking people. Yeah, 250,000 of them, that's a lot. Um, the other conspiratorial factor surrounds the death of Secretary of War James Forrestal, the chap who'd summoned Byrd to Washington. Forrestal had started talking to people of what he'd heard about the Operation High Jump mission and was also highly critical of then of the then Truman administration. 33rd President of the United States. <laughs> Soon, he was declared insane and committed to the Bethesda Naval Hospital. His family sued the government for his release and won, but only a day before his due freedom, 
Forrestal fell to his death. Although declared suicide, scratch marks were noted all over the closed window he fell from. The suicide note left wasn't in his handwriting, and many other questionable factors arose. He, he fell from a closed window. How do you fall out and, of and a closed window? And there was tons window? of cra- uh, scratch marks around. The, so clearly there, what we're implying here is there was a struggle. Somebody threw his fucking ass out that window, mm-hmm. closed it, and the suicide note he left wasn't even in his own handwriting. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah. Um, today, Antarctica remains mysterious. Government non-disclosure continues. Around 30 nations now operate research station bases on the continent. The Antarctic Treaty demands scientific research and collaboration without a military presence. Yet the military do do present or present time and again. Yet the military do present time and again. I don't know. Uh, Wording sucks dick there. Yeah. So it's basically saying that the military... Is there every once in a while? I like this next part. Um, Google Maps also reveal massive entrances into caves, some purporting them to being UFO bases or maybe old German ones. In 2012, the Antarctica got sh- stranger as a 14-mile thing was discovered sticking out of the ice on Google Maps around 400 miles south of the caves. There's a video. Click that motherfucker. Let's watch the video. Location Antarctica length, 14 miles. Width, 4 miles. That's fucking huge. Think about that now. Here's how to find it with Google Earth. I'm reading what it says in the video, everybody. So, wow, for real, coming to the quick video here. Apparently, Antarctica is literally crawling with weirdness. Um, this is one I wasn't going to do until I started thinking about how huge this thing is. That and the fact that I did a web search for hidden Google map anomalies, and I did not find anything for this specifically. So... Who better to point something like this out other than YouTube user Nick Evil? Thanks, Nick, for pointing this out. We're going to take a look right now. Thanks, Nick. Now, I will put the coordinates in the description, and I'll do that so you can find it the easy way. But I want to show you how to find this visually on Google Earth because it's much cooler that way. Why? Because this thing is so huge, you can't miss it, not even from outer space. So here we go. I'm going to show you how to find this Google Earth visually. So here we are in Google Earth. And if you've got Antarctica centered like I do now, and north pointing up on the little compass over here so that the continent is oriented just like this. See this little white speck right here? That's what we're going for. So put the hand on that, and then zoom down. And as we're going in, I want to point out, the nearest coastline is here, roughly 250, 300 miles away. And if you remember the giant holes in the Antarctic that I pointed out, uh, I don't know, a few days ago. That's up here, and this is roughly, I think, 450 miles away. So just to give you some idea of where this thing is situated, that's what we're looking at. So we're going to go in and take a closer look right now. And this is it. Now, I said it was huge, and I want to show you exactly how huge using Google Ruler. So let me put this up here. Notice the units are miles. So I'm going to put the pointer right here. Maybe. And drag this to the other edge. Length, 14.25. Now, I think it's closer to 14.5 miles, 14.5 miles. I've just put the pointers in slightly I didn't know you could place. do that. I didn't either. That's pretty cool. Let's take a look at the width. Tooch. 4.73. Now, <laughs> I got it down to as little as 4.5 miles. So, it's basically, it's 14 miles 
by four miles wide, whatever this is. Now, my first thought was, now what is it? Is there anything else like this around? So, of course, I searched the entire continent, and I didn't find anything quite like it. If you look down here, there's some white splotches, but they don't have those strange patchwork striations. So, to me, these are like reflections in the photo, something like that. There's one other visual anomaly here, this long, uh, I don't know, translucent bar almost across this area here, but it doesn't look anything like the patchy mass and, and it's here. so small so, at first you don't really see it so right. my second thought was it does look well odd. maybe this is just some peculiar place in the images that there happened to be a gap you know when they're putting reassembling the images for the full image maybe there was a gap that they had to patch well i don't know that's kind of weird i don't think that's necessarily the case if you look at these striations going this way this looks like a very deliberate attempt to brush areas in somehow or something like that i don't know enough about how these images are rendered i said that before to know exactly what this is but i'm not sure that's the explanation for this because why wouldn't we see other images like that in the quilt of images here so so i don't know what this is i do know it's 14 miles long and four miles wide and that is huge it's a big area so what are we looking at here is this newmeyer station i know newmeyer is not easy to find i wasn't able to find it on the map are they hiding that too is that what we're looking at here I have no idea if this masking was removed. Would we see the deck of a giant UFO mothership buried in the ice there or something like that? I have no idea. Maybe somebody out there thinks they know exactly what this is and they can tell us. So, uh, very cool. Anyway, that's how you find it visually using Google Earth. Again, I'll put the coordinates in the description so you can find it the easy way. But I recommend doing it visually because that's very cool. You cannot miss that. See, even now, look at that thing. Very cool. Thanks again, Nick Evil. What do Thanks, you guys Nick. think this is? Wow, for real? Thanks, Out for now. I'm going to click on this video real quick. This is dome-like thing in Antarctica. That's only two minutes. And then we'll discuss some of these things. It's a different part of Antarctica. Yeah, and there's a thing right there. The other thing we were looking at is right there. Wow, they got really close. How the fuck did they do that? They sped up the thing and made it a video. And then they got like... Yeah, that's weird. What the fuck is that? So it's a giant... I don't know. It almost looks like if you go to like your backyard in the snow and then kind of yeah. like walk a circle. Yeah. Or whatever. How do people find this shit? They literally spend hours just going, yeah, like up and down, yeah, the thing. It's not far from what? Uh huh. Wow. That's I've that, never seen that before. That's that cave they were talking about. Yeah. And there's another one. So go to YouTube and type in dome-like thing in Antarctica and you'll see the video. It's a straight line. These things. These portals and these... So how long is that? 
I was doing the kilometers, fucking dill hole. Damn dogs. They don't like the music, I don't think. Yeah, probably not. Well, it's kind of scary. What do you think that could be, though, that thing? I have no idea, dude. It is weird that they happen to be in a straight line, though. Yeah, but that circle's not part of that straight line. The other ones were. Right. Well, them, them tunnels have to be connected somehow. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's yeah, it. All the coordinates are in the description, so if we wanted to do it. Um, so That's crazy, dude. I'll just finish this article here. Um... It says, Lockheed Martin has a contract for scientific research in Antarctica, something that was revealed accidentally only last year, and begs the qu- question again, why? Let's do a thing on Lockheed Martin, just so you're, we're clear on what Lockheed Martin is. Alright. Lockheed Martin Energy. Lockheed Martin is an American global aerospace, defense, security, and advanced technologies company with the worldwide interest. It was formed by the merger of Lockheed Corporation with Martin Marietta in March 1995. So, American global aerospace, defense, security, and advanced technologies company. They don't sound like they do any type of research. They sound like uh, something that could be... um, What's the word? Um, somewhat like, uh, fuck me. No. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, what's what's the word where you're like, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but yet I can't. Penis? No. <laughs> Why do you always go that route? Because you said, fuck me, and tip of my, and I said penis. Um, like, to me, it sounds like they're like developing like alien technology type shit, man. Something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I was going along the lines of like more simple third grader type of words. Scary. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like the, the, what they're doing is not for. Good, you know what I mean. Like they're they're more. You think they're like an evil mastermind. What something? <laughs> there's a word, and, and it it fits perfect. I could just fucking come up with it. Anyways, I'll continue reading. Creepy. <laughs> that's not even. It's it's, it's like uh, I keep coming up with the word anomalous, but I know that's not it. It's uh. Oh, there's reading. like a movie called it. This word I'm trying to think of. Anyways, uh, from the years 1983 to 1997, researchers and scientists studying the Antarctic report, observing flying cargo in the form of silver discs circling around the trans-Antarctic mountains. The crew of researchers also reported seeing a large hole besides ancient ruins located only five miles from the geographic South Pole. All this took place around the same area and supposed no-fly zone. The researchers did not think much of it, but during an emergency medevac situation, the researchers flew over the no-fly zone and looking down saw something that they should have never seen. 
Remotely beneath the surface was a supposed extraterrestrial and human research base. Well, after this, the scientists who operated there went missing for two weeks. And when they were found several miles away, the pilots who picked them up said the researchers looked scared. Um, Antarctica is shrouded in secrecy as much as it is in ice. I guess those six million evil penguins have something to hide from the world after all. There's another video here. Do you want to watch this one? Sure, sure, show. Oh, everybody remembers that music from Anonymous. Don't worry, they're not taking over this episode. I won't allow it. The following story is amazing Sorry. and should be shared with everyone you know. Navy engineer, I saw ancient ruins, aliens, and top secret bases in Antarctica. On January 2nd, 2015 the editor of website earthfiles.com received a very unexpected letter from an alleged retired United States Navy Petty Officer First Class Flight Engineer. The letter received recounts experiences where the anonymous Navy officer, refers to himself as Brian, recounts his bizarre and extraordinary experiences flying cargo and rescue in Antarctica between the years 1983 to 1997. He claims that a collaboration between humans and aliens exists, and that the Antarctica is a major research ground for these incredible collaborations. Brian's high strangeness experiences flying cargo and rescue in Antarctica were in the 1983-1997 time period and included several observations of aerial silver discs starting around over the Transantarctic Mountains. He and his crew also saw ancient ruins and a big hole in the ice only about 5 to 10 miles from the geographic That's South Pole pink circle on the map, that was supposed to be a no-fly oh, zone, more but during an emergency medevac situation, they entered the no-fly zone and saw what they were not supposed to see, an alleged entrance to a human and E.T. science research base created under the ice. Then at a camp near Marie Bird Land. Some dozen scientists disappeared for two weeks and when they reappeared, Brian's flight crew got the assignment to pick them up. Brian says they would not talk and their faces looked scared. February 21, 2016 Navy engineer, I saw ancient ruins, aliens, and top secret bases in Antarctica. 51 comments, image him on January 2nd. 2015 the editor of website earthfiles.com received a very unexpected letter from an alleged retired the United States Navy Petty Officer First Class Flight Engineer. The letter received recounts experiences where the anonymous Navy officer, refers to himself as Brian, recounts his bizarre and extraordinary experiences flying cargo and rescue in Antarctica between the years 1983 to 1997. He claims that a collaboration between humans and aliens exists, and that the Antarctica is a major research ground for these incredible collaborations. Amajim Brian's high strangeness experiences flying cargo and rescue in Antarctica were in the 1983-1997 time period and included several observations of aerial silver discs starting around over the Transantarctic Mountains. He and his crew also saw ancient ruins and a big... Second 2015, hi Linda I am a retired United States Navy LC-130 flight engineer that retired That's after different. 20 years of service so in where, 1997, the no-fly zone and saw related, 
Ruins of ancient city found in Antarctica Amajim in a strange letter sent to Earth Files the officer states that he experienced things such as silver discs darting around over the Transantarctic Mountains during an emergency they entered a no-fly zone and saw it's like it an repeated entrance that first to a human and E.T. Science research base under the ice his crew picked up a dozen scientists who had disappeared for two weeks previous. They would not talk and their faces looked scared. He has decided to share what he experienced between those years in the following letter, reproduced in full below, to, earthfiles at earthfiles.com subject, Antarctica UFO date, January 2, 2015. Hi Linda I am a retired United States Navy LC-130 flight engineer that retired after 20 years of service in 1997. I have been wanting to write you for a long time about my experience on the Antarctic continent with flying vehicles that I was told not to talk about. I served part of my 20 years in the Navy with a squadron called Antarctic Development Squadron 6 or VXC-6 as it was also known. I served with this squadron from around 1983 till I retired March of 1997. Being a flight engineer and flying more than 4,000 hours in that capacity I have seen things that most people have not even imagined on the continent of Antarctica. The land there seems more alien than earthly. Our deployments to this land started in late September and ended the end of February every year until the squadron was decommissioned in 1999. This time of year was the summer season when most of the science was done due to warmer temps and 24 hours of daylight. During my time in the squadron I flew to almost every part of the Antarctic continent including the South Pole more than 300 times. Nkmerdok Station which is 3.5 hours of flying time from the South Pole Station was the point of squadron operation during our yearly deployments. Between these two stations is a mountain range called the Transantarctics. With what we called severe clear weather from Kmerdok to South Pole the Transantarctics are visible from the altitudes which the aircraft flew approximately 25,000 to 35,000 feet. On several flights to and from South Pole our crew viewed air vehicles darting around the tops of Transantarctics almost exactly in the same spot every time we would fly by and view them. This is very unusual for air traffic down there due to the fact that the only aircraft flying on the continent were our squadron aircraft. Every aircraft knew where the other aircraft were due to flight schedules being followed. Another unique issue with South Pole Station is that our aircraft was not allowed to fly over a certain area designated 5 miles from the station. The reason stated because of a air sampling camp in that area. This did not make any sense to any of us on the crew because on two different occasions we had to fly over this area. One time due to a medical evacuation of the Australian camp called Davis Camp. It was on the opposite side of the continent and we had to refuel at South Pole and a direct course to this Davis Camp was right over the air sampling station. The only thing we saw going over this camp was a very large hole going into the ice. You could fly one of our LC-130 into this thing. It was after this medevac mission we were briefed by some spooks, intelligence agents I presumed, from Washington DC and told not to speak of the area we overflew. The other time we got close to the air sampling camp we had navigation and electrical failures on the aircraft and was told to immediately depart the area and report to our squadron commanding officer when we returned to Murdoch. needless to say our pilot, aircraft commander, Got his butt chewed and our crew was not on the South Pole supply run for over a month.
There were many other times we saw things that was out of the ordinary. One outline camp, near Marie Bird Land, we dropped scientists and their equipment that was out of communication with McMurdoch for two weeks. Our crew flew back to the camp to find out if the scientists were okay. We found no one there and no sign of any foul play. The radio was working fine as we called McMurdoch to verify it working properly. We left the camp and flew back to McMurdoch as ordered by our COA a week later the scientists showed back up to their camp and called McMurdoch for someone to come pick them up. Our crew got the flight back there to pick them since we put them into the camp and we knew the terrain and location. None of the scientists would talk to any of the crew on the plane and to me they looked scared. As soon as we landed back at McMurdoch they, scientists, were put on another of our squadron aircraft and flown to Christchurch New Zealand. We never heard about them again. Their equipment that we brought back from the camp was put in quarantine and shipped back to the United States escorted by the same spooks that debriefed us about our flyover of the air sample camp slash large hole in the ice. I could go on and on about things and situations that I observed during my tour with VXE-6. Talk among the flight crews was that there is a UFO base at South Pole and some of the crew heard talk from some of the scientists working at the Pole of Ebbies working with and interacting with the scientists at that air sampling camp, Large Ice Hole. Brian, now 59 years old, graduated from an Iowa college with an associate's degree in aviation maintenance technology and an aviation certificate. In 1977, he then enlisted in the U.S. Navy and served for 20 years until his retirement in 1997. He provided Earth Files his DD-214 documents and other certificates of service including this Antarctic Service Medal given to him on November 20, 1984 as proof of his time in service. There appears to be many secrets hidden in the Antarctica and we are pretty much hearing different stories every month about military personnel disclosing information about aliens in that part of the world. But what a great secluded part of the world for the aliens to keep out of sight from prying eyes dot dot or so they thought. I got out really quick. Yeah. I'm a warning, dick. I know, right? Um... So, while he was talking, I pulled up this VXE-6. Yeah, I saw that. Um, So, what do you think about what he was talking about there? Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense if if there are aliens there, why we can't go there. And you have to have government clearance to go there, and it's a short amount of time that you can go there for. And there's only certain places you can go there. Um... So it's, it makes sense that they're controlling it because there are shit there. And one of the things we said that there's 30 different countries that have bases yeah. there. 30 different countries are doing research there. That, that was earlier in the article up here. It's right at the top, I think. Somewhere. Yeah, it doesn't matter where, but... Okay. So, 30 different companies, or 30 different countries have bases there. Um, And so, it kind of goes back to what we talked about before, about other countries also are dealing with these aliens, and wasn't there somewhere we had seen that they're like, every country leader 
is into this alien pact thing. Yeah. Um, and that and that kind of goes in, goes inside with that. Yeah. You know. Um, I was so another thing I looked at. We'll get back to that VXE that expedition because I kind of want to get more into that. I was looking at this. It's this is Quora dot com. Uh, why is Antarctica considered a no fly zone? One guy says Antarctica is not a no fly zone. Anybody can fly where they like and land where they can, provided an environmental impact assessment for the expedition has been filed. There is no way to even start to enforce a no fly zone because military activity is strictly prohibited. But that's bullshit because they're still there, even though they claim that's not. So nobody really owns. It's kind of like a shared land. Could it be that it's not owned by any other country because what's there won't allow you to own or yeah. declare? You know what I mean? They'll allow you to do research there. But are they really doing research? Or is those more like, uh, we're just trying to get along here, like a, right. uh, you know what I mean? Or is it, we have a base here and we're telling you it's research, but we can kick your ass in our, in our ends because we don't know what alien fucking weaponry they have. Well, let's, let's say, let's, you know let's I mean? even go with if it's not alien. What yeah. else is down there then? Because, okay. It, well, we've got the whole aliens world. tough for a lot of people to wrap their mind around. Mm-hmm. So, what else is down there that. So, th- this guy says anybody can go there. Now, there's another one here. Yeah, I was trying, I was trying to read now before we started scrolling up. Yeah. Uh, I have, this guy says, I have flown several times over Antarctica on commercial airlines Auckland to Santiago, Chile, or to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Also, occasionally on one trans Antarctica flight, we used. Yushua Airport for some reason. I guess refueling. Qantas flies to Santiago also from Sydney, and occasionally they fly to Johannesburg. Also, there are various sightseeing flights over Antarctica in the southern summer months that leave from a few destinations. One weird point is that there are some weird wind patterns, so some flights can fly one way but but not the other without stopping for fuel or not flying. And the U.S. government seems to think it controls Antarctica and is often making threats. However, the only people it can effectively punish for going to Antarctica are its own citizens. Why in the fuck would you punish people from going there, then? Mm-hmm. No other country supposedly does it, according to this guy. Right. Uh, but that does how it seems. It feels like you, we can't go there. And if we do go there, we're, we're going to be punished. You know what I mean? Why? Right. Why is that even a perception? Right. If it's not, I don't know. It's it's odd. Um, let's see here. And then I kind of started looking up that VX thing. There's more here. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think it's silly when people try to say, "Well, well it says the military doesn't," uh, you know patrol that or control that or whatever well let's see you get down there then right i like that one there the problem arising that anarcha has no flies meaning the small flying insect it is too cold yeah. who the fuck's talking about insects yeah it's a fucking moron <laughs> some people are fucking stupid um so i i don't know i th- there's other things uh I don't necessarily like to go the whole alien thing, but because that just—I think I'll, we, you lose a lot of people that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it's, if it, like I said, if it's not 
alien, then why so secretive about it? Why aren't we getting updates of what we're researching down there? Yeah. On, on a, on a regular basis. Why isn't that common knowledge for us to do? Where's our FOI on the research? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, if it's if it if it is if it's so secretive that like it's one of those things like for the longest time they our own government wouldn't even admit that Area Fifty One existed out there, right. even though you could see from fucking satellite pictures it was there, mm-hmm. but they would deny it. Well, they just wouldn't comment on it. Right. And now they have. Well, if we don't own Antarctica and any other country, why is no country exposing shit from down there? Mm-hmm. What are you researching then? Where's our tax dollars going? Right. What are we giving you money for to research for down there? What exactly are you getting out of it? What are we getting out of it as, as a result? Yeah, we want some return of our wildlife, penguins. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, what's up with the evil like, penguins? Why do they keep talking about evil well, penguins? I think that I they're trying to be penguin. they're trying to be humorous and jokey about that because penguins are down there. But uh, anyways, this article this is out of the uh, what was it? Daily CO. Daily Star. UFO whistleblower saw top secret alien base hidden in Antarctica, no fly zone. UFO whistleblower claims he saw the entrance to a top secret alien base hidden deep in the Antarctic. It is interesting. Let's just go with this theory. Let's say that's what it is. I'm going to read this. Um, the former U.S. naval officer said he was on duty when he came across the mystery structure buried into the ice. Conspiracy theorist and journalist Linda Moulton Howe interviewed the whistleblower named only as brian in a series of fascinating youtube videos so that's what they're referring to in that other video the retired petty officer who's 59 claimed to have been have have been seen ufos aliens and a giant hole in the ice as he flew through a no-fly zone in antarctica um the retired petty officer 59 claimed to have been why does he say that claimed to have been seen Hmm. Claim to have seen UFOs, aliens, and a giant. So you just repeat that fucking thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, he allegedly made the bizarre sightings between 1983 and 1997 when he was stationed at the Antarctic Development Squadron. The interviews he made shocking claims about top-secret contact between humans and aliens. Is that the guy? Is that, an no, LOD expert. Yeah, that's somebody else. In an email to Mrs. Howe, who's 75, he said, Another unique issue with South Pole Station is that our... Aircraft was not allowed to fly over a certain area designed for five, designated five miles from the station. The reason stated because of air sampling camp in that area. This did not make any sense to any of us on the crew because on two different occasions we had to fly over this area. The only thing we saw going over this camp was a very large hole going into the ice. You could fly one of our LC-130 into this thing. Just thinking about that for a second, like... That's a, I don't know. Talk among the flight crews was that there is a UFO base at South Pole, and some of the crew heard talk from some of the scientists working with and interacting with scientists at that air sampling camp, large ice hole. Um, Brian said the hole was 5 to 10 miles from the South Pole. He also claimed a group of scientists went missing for a week and returned, refusing to speak about what they had seen. Well, there he says a week, and earlier it said two weeks. Yeah. Mrs. Howe, who has been awarded for her paranormal investigations, said she was contacted several times by the whistleblower. Um, it comes after sensational claims surfaced that NASA was hiding a sinister secret about the moon. So, 
Jesus. I'll click on that just to see where it takes us. Moon landing bombshell is this the sinister oh, <laughs> fucking god I hate ads. NASA doesn't want you to know. Okay. Makes scroll down a little bit more. Mm, I want to get into all that right now. Oh my god! Oh, look at that one. That one says it captures the devil on Mars. Yeah, or on Moon. I'm sure it's fucking not edited or faked or anything. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so there's this giant hole down there. Let's go with that. Alien base or not? Well, even go the the hollow Earth and inner Earth fucking theory. Yeah, you know maybe that's what they're researching. All the, the bigger, taller shit, the giant trees and shit that they saw, the the luscious waterfalls coming from the shit. Maybe that's what of an inner like, Earth. Like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's, it's plausible. Look at all the caves and caverns on, yeah. in the United States. Well, that, there is that. There is an actual. What's that one? There's an actual cave that's so big it has its own ecosystem. You've you heard about this, right? No. It's like a thing. It has its... Alright, so... Erwang Dong? Erwang Dong Cave in China. So huge it has its own weather system. And this is out of the... From the Daily Mail in the uh, United Kingdom. They have pictures of this shit. It's so crazy. Um... You know, we've never talked about this one. So, the cave is so huge it has its own weather system. Explorers discover a lost world with thick cloud and fogs trapped inside. Why did it jump? It, like, fucking jumped on me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, because of this fucking stupid-ass ad right there. The cave system was discovered in the Chongqing province of China by a team of cavers and photographers. Caver Robbie Schoen from Manchester, said a few of the caves had previously been used by nitrate miners but had not been properly explored. The network, which includes Cloud Ladder Hall, measuring around 51,000 meters squared, has water sources and vegetation on the floor. Um, Adventurers have stumbled across a cave so enormous that it has its own weather system, complete with wispy clouds and lingering fog inside vast caverns. A team of expert cavers and photographers have been exploring the vast cave system in the Chongqing province of China and have taken their first ever photographs of the natural wonder. They were amazed to discover the entrance to the hidden Erwang Dong cave system and were stunned when they managed to climb inside to see a space so large that it can contain a cloud. Okay, the view, and there's a picture. The view from a small window in the wall of the vast Niubizi Tian Kang in the Erwang Dang cave system where clouds form inside the huge spaces three tiny explorers can be seen negotiating the heavy vegetated floor in the picture oh yeah far right yep right, right there, there. Um, alright so that's them coming down mm-hmm. thing uh, an intrepid cave explorer ascends a rope hanging from the Nubizi Tian Kang. This photograph is one of the first ever images taken of one of the ca- one of a cave so large it has its own weather system. Um, photographer and caver Robbie Schoen from Manchester was part of, of a team of 15 explorers in a month-long expedition that discovered the hidden system. 
few of the caves had previously been... Okay, why are we repeating the same I fucking know. thing nine times? Time, yeah. So irritating. All the major passageways were deep underground and had never seen light before. We'll watch that video in a second. Um, explorer Duncan Collis climbs a thin rope up to a small ledge overlooking the vast floor surface of New BZTN Canyon. Okay, we have to, have to repeat that shit. A team of expert cavers <laughs> have been exploring the caves in the... Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think they really have any more information, so they just have to keep repeating, repeating the, same the same fucking thing, thing over, over and over. over yeah. um, the tranquil rural village of Rangiagu Falls nearby the hidden natural wonder is pictured left. While an intrepid caver stands on the central ridge overlooking the cathedral-like cloud ladder hall, where fog conceals the roof hundreds of meters above. There's wow. some. Uh, oh, we got American finally. American speleologist Aaron Lynch struggles to pull her way across a raging torrent of white water, which is the main river in Kwangkau Dong. One of the explorers said they have had to be aware of high water levels inside the caves, especially when it rained heavily on the surface. It is always very special knowing that you are the first to step foot in a, into a cave or somewhere where nobody had previously seen, not knowing what you might find and discover. Where else on earth uh, can still hold secrets and mysteries of discovery? That's what I love so much about exploring. Mr. Shones was particularly excited about the Cave Network's interior weather system. And that's from the Nijing Quingling Dang at the Airwang Dong <laughs> cave system in Qingchong, China. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's oh, fuck is all right. Yeah. The spectacular beddings in the roof of Kwankow. <laughs> Photographer and caver Robbie Shone. He's from Manchester. Yes. By the way, was part of a team of okay. So we're pretty fifteen guys. <laughs> How long did they go on that expedition? Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, uh, the underground camp in Sangwangdong is cozy of, and warm, according to the cavers. Hot food and drink recharge weary and tired explorers who sleep in either suspended hammocks or on roll mats on the floor before venturing out to the vast surroundings. Um, let's see here. I have to kind of look ahead and make sure we're not repeating yeah. ourselves 150 more fucking times. I had never seen anything quite like the inside cloud ladder before, he said. Thick cloud and fogs hangs in the upper half of the cave where it gets trapped and unable to escape through the small passage in the roof, 250 meters above the ground. It reminded me of being in an abandoned slate quarry in North Wales in bad weather. Um, the cave system discovered is not the only one with clouds inside as humidity rises inside the caverns into colder air to form clouds inside the giant enclosed spaces. But it's like a massive fucking area based on these pictures. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> The network includes Cloud Ladder Hall, which itself measures around 51,000 meters squared, while there are rivers and vegetation on the floor. Okay, once again, repeating ourselves. Most caves are either accessed by large walking entrance. Some requires a long, deep swim. Others may be very vertical in nature, where you need ropes to seal down the walls deep into the caves. We had to be aware of high water levels. Oh, we know that already. And so, okay. <laughs> Uh, the drainage catchment to these caves is massive, and soon the caves can be extremely dangerous and impassable, he said. Yeah, I mean, look at how big that hole is yeah, compared dude. to them. Yeah, dude, it's fucking... If you, like... It'd take, like... Yeah, you could see the fucking person standing yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Dude, you could fly a plane into that. 
Did the Titanic crack and go through that thing? Yeah, probably. That's not even a joke. That's like for real. That's how big it is. Um, we're just well, looking. That's pretty. Look how clear that water is. Yeah. So, I'm just surprised at how light the place is. Like, there's lights everywhere. Well, I think they lit some of this shit up too. Like they've put lights in there. Mm-hmm. But like there, like. Oh, it's a flash. I think they there's a flash from camera too, dude. You ever been in the, you ever been to those caves? Um, like that one there, Wisconsin though, dude. There? Like the, it's so lit right there and behind it too. I don't know, man. It's just weird. Yeah, but I've never taken a flash picture though. Watch your fifty-eight second video. Really good quality too. You know her. I don't know her. That's an ad. I know. We're not gonna give away some free advertising here. Um. So there's this thing exists though. You could go yeah. there if you're fucking explorer yeah. enough, and you know, um, which is interesting. That, but I wonder if this is a similar thing down in Antarctica though. Mm-hmm. Very well, could be. Ads about done. Especially like the music. Well, they're in China, so it's got to be Chinese-type music. (laughs) It's great for the listeners that can't watch it, just hear it. So that's not lit up, but where's the light coming from? Well, he's not down in there yet. He's getting down in there. You'll see. What's a penis? I don't look like it. phallus. So basically, it's they're showing this guy like entering, preparing to enter these giant holes. Hmm. You, you <laughs> could call it a porno of some sort i want to go back to this um vxe dash yeah yeah the secret seal team six yeah (laughs) yeah um so they were what were they doing and they were part of the research team or something i think he said it was a research squadron right but what happened to them why were they disappeared for a week or two the scientists they don't know they never said why and they don't they never said where they went to well okay this is what this thing says here there was a in the 30-year history of vxc-6 three military personnel and four civilians died in Antarctica as a result of aviation accidents so we'll go through a couple of these i guess um on uh, November 1969, a helicopter, helicopter crash near Mount McLennan resulted in the deaths of two civilians, Jeremy Sykes, an NZARP film director, and Thomas E. Berg, a USARP geologist. On December 9th, Dece- uh, 1987, an LC-130R crashed while landing at Site D-59, 1,200 kilometers from McMurdo Station. LCDR Bruce Bailey and AK-2 Donald M. Beatty were killed in this crash. Ironically, this mission was an attempted attempt to recover the City of Christchurch aircraft that had crashed at the same site in February 1971. On October 13, 1992, 
A UH-1N Huey helicopter crashed in whiteout conditions near Cape Royds, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, uh, resulting in the deaths of AMS-1 Benjamin McCoo and two civilians working for NZARP. Uh, in addition to the aforementioned fatality accidents, there were a number of less serious accidents. On October 8, 1970, a Lockheed C-121J Constellation departed Christchurch, bound for Williams Field. Aboard were 12 crew and 68 passengers on the first flight of the 1970-1971 season of Operation Deep Freeze. Weather conditions at Williams Field deteriorated during the flight to whiteout conditions with a fierce snowstorm and zero visibility. After making six low passes over the field, the aircraft attempted to land with 90-degree crosswinds of up to 40 miles per hour. Wow. On the second attempt to land, the starboard main undercarriage had a snowbank and separated. The starboard wing broke off, and the airplane slid through the snow, causing damage to the tail. There were only slight injuries to five people on board. The aircraft Hulk is still there. Oh, the Hulk's down there. Yeah. Get old brother. On February 1st, 1971, an LC-130F crashed in Victoria Land when a Jado bottle broke loose during an open field takeoff. That's why you're not supposed to have anything on your your uh, upright positions, your tray tables and stuff, and the yeah. damn Jado bottles, man. God damn, I don't think you can bring Jado bottles anymore. <laughs> the fuck is a Jado bottle? I don't know. <laughs> we can click on it and see. Um, we'll, we'll do that in a minute if it's still pertinent. Uh, this caused the nose landing gear to collapse. Two weeks later, on February 15, 1971, another LC-130F uh, taxied over a snow berm during a storm while maneuvering or for takeoff at McMurdo Station. The wing hit the ground and the aircraft was burned beyond salvage. Uh, this was the first USN Hercules written off on January 28, 1973. An LC-130R crashed, landed at Amundsen Scott South Pole Station after a late go-round in whiteout conditions. The original LC-130R crashed while landing at Amundsen Scott South Pole Station in 1973. The uh, LC-130Rs are shitty fucking planes. Apparently. Because they all fucking crash. Apparently. You know, they're, they're just really hard to fly in. Period. Maybe. Uh, in the 1974-1975 season during an open field takeoff on Dome C, a Jado bottle on an, another Jado <laughs> bottle on an LC-130F came loose and damaged the wing and one propeller, thus causing an, an aborted takeoff. A fire in the wing caused further damage to the wing, and LC-130R was used in an attempt to rescue the scientists and aircrew. Reluctant to use Jado, the nose gear of the LC-130R collapsed in the rough ice and snow during the takeoff, forcing the rescue attempt to be aborted. A third LC-130 finally succeeded in rescuing all the involved personnel. The National Science Foundation and the U.S. Navy made plans to recover the two downed aircraft during the next season. This involvement involved replacement of the wing on the first aircraft and of the nose landing gear on the second aircraft. Preparations were made during the off-season to accomplish the repairs. After temperatures had risen sufficiently, the recovery op- operations began in 19- November 1975. Many flights were needed to transport all the material to the Dome Sea site. As an LC-130F took off for return to McMurdo, another Jado bottle came loose, again damaging a propeller. Thus, Dome C became the home of three damaged LC-130s. As the damage to the last LC-130 was relatively minor compared to the others, it was repaired first. Through the extraordinary effort of the repair team, maintenance team, and air crews, all three aircraft were repaired and recovered from Dome C. 
Uh, last little bit here. On December 31st, 1993, an <laughs> LC-130 crashed on Lucy Glacier near Mount Is- Isbell in the geologist range. Uh, the aircraft was retrieving a field party from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee who had been who had spent six weeks investigating the geology in the mountains between the Bird Glacier and Nimrod Glacier. Uh, the crash occurred in soft snow during an open field takeoff when a propeller sh- struck the snow, sending the propeller into the fuselage. Fuel from the damaged engine ignited and the plane spun sideways, sliding for approximately 200 meters down the glacier before become, coming to a stop. The plane was overhauled on site and flown back to McMurdo Station three weeks later. So maybe it's just because it's so fucking dangerous to fly down there they don't want anybody going down there. I mean, that'd be the, Click on the Jato bottle. The most now, logical. Now I want to know what it is. It's the most logical explanation, if we're looking for logic. Jato stands for Jet Assisted Takeoff. It's a type of assisted takeoff for helping overload aircraft into the air by providing additional thrust in the form of small rockets. So it's like a nitrous pack, basically. Yeah. The term Jato is used interchangeably with the term RADO for rocket-assisted takeoff. Um, sounds like it's used on a lot of older planes, mm-hmm. more so. And maybe the cold air fucks with them? Yeah, it's possible. Or something? But yeah, you're right, it's kind of like a... Like a boost. Oh, let's, uh, so... Which one of those was the fucking... Was it the one where they... It took two weeks to rescue the people. That could be, and and they were scared. Okay, but here's the thing: if you're, yeah, a, out in the middle of Antarctica, cold as fuck. Would you not ice be storms? I'd be scared as fuck. Scared? Thinking that was going to live. Yeah. yeah. So I want to know if we can get a hold of any of these people from the University of Wisconsin. Yeah, that would be interesting. You know what I mean? That was um, in '93, so they should still be alive, depending on how old they were. Let's see, Lucy. Let's see. Is there anything indicating? Where would we even begin to fucking... Will we call this University of Milwaukee and then ask about this? Google it. University of Milwaukee students in 1993 in Antarctica. Yeah. All right. Let's do that and see. University of... Milwaukee, because he wasn't was in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, um, 1993, Antarctica Expedition Team. We should be able to get a hold of somebody. Oh, I did spell university wrong, didn't I? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> what? It's, it's literally ignoring everything. Oh, wait, hold on. Scroll down. Scroll down to the one right on the very bottom. Hope Prince in Antarctica. Oops. Oh, you cock digger. I'm a, such a cock digger. <laughs> oh, the American Woman's Expedition to Antarctica, four to the pole. This... To the pl- it's a book. Oh, it's a book. All right. It's a book by Nancy Lewin, Lowen and Anne Bancroft. 
Um, this is a true story told in diary excerpts. First woman to reach the South Pole on foot for 67 days and 66 miles. Oh, this isn't the... It's not the bitches that went there, though. No, this is a... Uh, Same time frame, though. Yeah, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we don't want that. Let's see here. There you go. Hoof prints in Antarctica. Bird right there, because then it's got the University of Milwaukee on there. Hopefully we get something out of this. Get some names. Send some emails. Get some interviews. Cows in Antarctica rarely exist in the same sentence, let alone the same region. 1933. So we're going back to Admiral Byrd. When he took three golden Guernseys to Little America too. these Antarctica cows, Antarctic cows may have appeared as little as... Our story is revealing of the commercial... Okay, this is not... That's the abstract. What's Is that just an article? And that's it? That's all you got? Oh, my God. That had nothing with Milwaukee. Then why the fuck did it come well, up? Well, it's like it's... Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, full it. article, full left. Right there, yeah. Click on that. Once you got to fucking pay for it. Probably. Yep. That's fucking gay. I ain't paying for nothing. All he wants a name, motherfucker. Yeah, that's all I want, man. Or, like, there's got to be a list out there or something. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we contacted them. I don't know if anybody in school would know, though. Well, the University of Wisconsin sent them down there, no? Or were they just students from I there? I don't know. I don't, it doesn't say. You'd think there'd be I something out there. students or staff, you know what I mean? This is fucking frustrating, dude. Um, is it this? No, that's not it. What the thing say one more time? The aircraft was retrieving a field party from the University of Wisconsin who had spent six weeks investigating the geology of the mountains between the Bird Glacier and Nimrod Glacier. So there should be... Just highlight a field. Just highlight a field party all the way to the glacier to the, the second glacier. Keep going, and then put that in your Google search. Copy that shit. Put that in your Google search. Gay. Yeah, this really shouldn't be this difficult. You wouldn't think, but if it's but going back to the whole cover-up thing, they're not going to want you to find it. It'll probably be on page ten. These people are probably all dead too. Everybody that was from '93 though, not that long ago. Alright, so if you look up Lucy Glacier, it connects to it. That. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Spent six mm-hmm. weeks in the geology in the mountains between. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, well, it's 1961, though. Damn. Here, I'm going to click on this. No, there's nothing. Look at that's it. Oh, the group consisted of Gina Seegers Solbluski, Greg Gelhar, and mountaineer Sean Norman. And John Isbell. So. None of those names sounds like anybody from Milwaukee. Well, Sizbluski does. Maybe Greg Gelhar. So we would need to trace these names back to this college and then see if we can find them. Or just see if we can find them and ask them. But 
that's that's not even the one where I'm really concerned about. I'm concerned about the, the ones, uh, the people that look scared that were rescued after a week or two. I just want to talk to them about what they saw there. Yeah, I have a feeling we're not going to get anything though. Like I, I'd, I'd like to talk to them too, just to get their thoughts on it. But I just don't. I'd be curious to see if they say anything. Like, yeah, there's a hole. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, we uh, we didn't go over there. We didn't go to that side. You know what I mean? It yeah. could be that too. But That's, I think we're going to get a lot of bullshit type it's of better than nothing. Yeah, I suppose it's something to look into. I, I'd be curious to talk to anybody that's ever been down there mm-hmm. that has like a picture from their Polaroid, from their yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. a picture they took of them down there, selfie something, and. But like anybody, I think that knows anything, I don't think's gonna talk. Too. You never know. Who are, and see, that's the problem. We've built this society of people that are whistleblowers that have to go by AKAs or whatever. Now, here's the thing: they could all be bullshit, or it could be legit. Uh, when you have a what they're doing to like Snowden and mm-hmm. uh, what's his name, uh, Chelsea Manning or Bradley Manning, whatever he he is or isn't now. Uh, when you like prosecute these people that blow the whistle on something that is is uh, classified information, you know what I mean? Right. And shit like that. Somebody blows the whistle on it, and then you you get like uh, governments. Pursuing them, putting them in jail, putting them in prison. You're trying to scare off more whistleblowers because you don't want all your dirty laundry here, basically. Yeah, and here's the thing: if you're doing shit for the good or for your military power or whatever, why does it have to be so fucking secret? Like, I, I, I get yeah, you should have nothing to hide at that. Point. I get having things do to do with your military be secret. But spying on your own citizens should not be secret. Mm-hmm. This is what Snowden right. did, okay? Uh, let the people decide. But they'll argue, well, how, that's how we get terrorists, by doing that same thing. I mean, that's where there's a giant gray area. But, but see, you shouldn't have prosecute though. the fuck if, out of these... If that's if that's the, the narrative they're going to sell, then why did they not... Know about the Boston Marathon bullshit and all the other school shootings and shit. Because you know damn well people are talking about that and preparing, especially yeah, if they're why terrorists. Is it still happening yeah. if you're so... You're not. It, it's bullshit. No. Yeah. I, I agree. It seems a little odd and a bunch of bullshit that... All right, here's this Frank Isbell guy. He played for the Chicago Cubs in 1898. Well, that's not the same guy. <laughs> oh, maybe it is. He spent six weeks investing, investigating the geology in the mountains between... He did. How could he have done that if he played for the clubs in 1898? Yeah, And then he was in there in 1993? That's... There's this no guy would have been fucking 100-something years old? Oh, that's that's a good fucking file. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so it's like a... Um, yeah, that's that's a bullshit page there, homie. Yeah, but who's paying to keep that on the internet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like 
This is all just free. You have to fucking pay to have it out there. Well, that second one that says spent six weeks is a book called Lucy Glacier. It's a book. Yeah, there's if you look the at the website. ISBN number, yeah. too. Yeah. I have to have like 150 fucking tabs open just to do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy Glacier. Glacker. Now we're getting a whole different name. Jesus Christ. That's now we're not just, even the same yeah, thing. Yeah, we're not even, we can't even find the book called The Lucy Glacier. That's what it was called. Let me go to Amazon. What the dick and horrors. Well, actually, I'm going to the com. then I'm clicking the sponsor tab, then I'm clicking the Amazon banner. Now yeah. that I'm done with that, I'm going to put in Lucy Glacier. And, you and get we get women's nothing. clothing, apparently. <laughs> what the fucking dick cheese and whores. So obviously that book's no longer... Uh, I don't think it's a book. Available. I think that whole thing is nonsense, that mm. site, right, right there. Yeah, it was planted to uh, screw us up. I wonder, though, think about this. Why is it so hard to find anything on this, too? You know what I mean? I'm going back to the whole conspiracy cover-up shit, man. The problem I have in here, yes, I, I agree. But the fact that, like, Google, it's 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 not... Uh, a secret that Google can guide and order their results of your searches mm. in a certain way to guide you a certain direction to yep. get you off of whatever. Like, remember we covered this back during the election and primaries and all mm -hmm. that. When you would search Hillary Clinton falling down or Hillary Clinton something, it would... Uh, take you or Hillary Clinton crime it would take you to something else like everything that was negative negative Hillary in the search it would take you towards something pro Hillary right well that's not make sense when you're googling it you know what I mean yep like it's all in the keywords and shit they have yeah, a program they, they do that and I wonder if everything's being done now this is a v6e list of all the people that were on that in that group so would they have not been these list of people wouldn't these would be the people right that were this is just the the this is like the list of the people that were assigned to that squadron so like the military people or whatever and they were the ones trying to rescue yeah researchers well, who the fuck are the people that were doing the research i don't know why is that so secretive why is it so hard to find that Maybe it's all bullshit. Maybe it didn't exist. Maybe they just threw out Wisconsin. Maybe no, the whole Wisconsin thing's a whole different thing, dude. That, that's oh, like, you talking about the, sick, the people I'm that talking, were missing still. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the people that got on the plane after they were rescued for two weeks and were, and were scared. scared yeah, yeah. That's the people I want to fucking know. I don't give a shit about the people in Wisconsin. Even though people in Wisconsin, we could probably access, possibly. And who knows? Maybe those are the ones. We don't know. This is the one that they're talking about. But so that was in 1971. Maybe I, I'm, I'm not understanding this right. To me, the V6E-6 
is a squadron, but they were the ones doing the research. They were the ones that crashed. They were the ones that need to be rescued. I don't think they're the ones doing the research, though. I think they were just like the air- airport people. For some reason, I think we got all fucked up on something here. Like we 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 got ourselves goofed. Um. Either that, or I'm way off what I thought they were talking about. Where did it say in this article? Um, down further. Operation High Jump was the whole other thing. Uh, after that, down yeah, further. After that, yeah. Um, oh, and that's another one I want to go into the James Forrestal thing. Oh yeah, yeah I'm down, glad we looked back further. at this. I don't think it was on this one. There was a video that was on this. Though. Yeah, um, it was that last video down here, wasn't it? The video talked about it. Yeah, I thought we I read something yeah. about it, too. Yeah, you clicked on something. Right there. Well, after this, the scientists oh, who yeah, operated right went missing for two weeks and then were found several miles away. The pilots who picked them up said that the researchers looked scared. Okay, so that V6E, VXE6 was that girl. Okay, so I... Um, the researchers did not think much of it during an emergency medevac situation. The researchers flew over the... See the... Flew, the researchers flew over the no-fly zone and looking down saw something they should never seen. Remotely believe the server's okay. Then uh, they went missing. And then when they were found by the VXE-6, I still think it's, it's the same group. Well, see, that's why I think it's different because you got the researchers and then in the same sentence they got the scientists. So are there... Researchers and scientists, the same people? They just, like, it's worded weird. You know what I mean? Because then it says here, uh, the scientists who operated there went missing for two weeks, but then it says that they picked them up and the researchers look scared. So are they the same people? Right. And, and if you go to that VXE6, they're saying, and it's, this is what makes it fucking confusing, they're saying, where was it? It was a February right 1st. Here. Yeah. February 1st, 1971, an LC-130F crashed in Victoria Land when a Jado bottle broke loose during an open field takeoff. This caused the nose landing gear to collapse. Two weeks later, on February 15th, 1971, another LC-130 taxied over. Okay. Oh, it wasn't there. Well, that's what you are pointing at last time. Because I saw the two-fucking-week thing. Oh. Where, yeah, it, it was here. It was... But see... Uh, Fuck me in the ass. <laughs> this is getting really frustrating now. Because it shit's taking you all over the place and none of it fucking yeah. makes any sense now. Why in the fuck can't we find more on this? What is this? I'm getting pissed. Well, that's the video from Anonymous that we just already watched. Let's scroll down. Maybe there's wording that we can click on. All right, let's see here. Hmm. I just want to make sure we're not reading the same fucking shit all over again. Yeah, no. On a different site. Right, so and, that, and that's pretty much what it is. That's the I was hoping, video there. Yeah, I was hoping there was somewhere we can click, because you know how Anonymous likes to have links to their shit a lot. 
but there's nothing to click no, on. And this isn't anonymous as a website. They're no, just, I know, but it's it's anonymous as video. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's literally and just there's like this part right there is different. Everything else is the same from another website. Yeah. But that stuff's not going to add anything to what we're looking for. Unless we watch this. Again. But that still no, doesn't find is, us anything. Is this, this yeah. is a different one. The bottom one. Is it? No, this video. Just because that, that eyeball thing looks the same. Oh, that's, that's what why, we watched. There. Okay, yeah. I'm curious what this one is. It says that w- what we know what the U.S. government found in Antarctica. Let's just see what it, it is. Might be like 75 minutes long. Uh, <laughs> it's not super long. We'll see if it's anything interesting here. Or if it's something we just skipped. The following story is amazing and should be shared with everyone you know. The U.S. government has been complicit in many cover-ups, but this is by far one of the most compelling accounts. Operation High Jump put nearly 5,000 U.S. military personnel, along with every resource available to the Navy's disposal in the hands of Admiral Richard Byrd, the operations leader of the U.S. naval mission into the Antarctic. Think about that for a moment and let it sink in. Every resource in the entire U.S. Navy was made readily available for Admiral Byrd's team's use. Although Byrd was chosen to lead the mission for a rather specific reason, which I will later explain, he was quite qualified and a favorite amongst the American public, the perfect candidate of choice by U.S. Navy and top brass. Additionally to Byrd's recruitment, another man, Rear Admiral Richard Cruzen, was selected to head up the task force. And make no mistake, this was an unusually bold move for the American military at the time as people, nations, and even world economies were still volatile from war's aftermath. So we have to ask the following questions. Why would the U.S. military be seeking to expend so many resources at the risk of great collateral loss, to explore such a harsh region of the planet Earth as Antarctica? What was the rush? What did they know? What we find is that a lot of the details regarding Operation High Jump have been carefully tucked away over the years. Wikipedia explains little about the mission officially titled the United States Navy Antarctic Developments Program, 1946-1947. A United States naval operation organized by Rear Admiral Richard E. Burt Jr., USN retired, officer in charge, Task Force 68, and led by Rear Admiral Richard H. Cruzen, USN Commanding Officer, Task Force 68. Operation High Jump commenced August 26, 1946 and ended in late February 1947. Task Force 68 included 4,700 men, 13 ships, and multiple aircraft. The primary mission of Operation High Jump was to establish the Antarctic research base Little America 4. High Jump's objectives, according to the U.S. Navy's report on the operation were as follows. Training personnel and testing equipment in frigid conditions. Consolidating and extending United States sovereignty over the largest practicable area of the Antarctic continent, 
This was publicly denied as a goal even before the expedition ended. Determining the feasibility of establishing, maintaining, and utilizing bases in the Antarctic and investigating possible base sites. Developing techniques for establishing, maintaining, and utilizing air bases on ice, with particular attention to later applicability of such techniques to operations in interior Greenland, where conditions are comparable to those in the Antarctic. Amplifying existing stores of knowledge of hydrographic, geographic, geological, meteorological, and electromagnetic propagation conditions in the area. Supplementary Objectives of the Nanook Expedition The Nanook operation was a smaller equivalent conducted off eastern Greenland. Interestingly enough, many of the actual mission details were shrouded by secrecy, hidden from the American public, which leads us to where we are now. An excerpt from a report entitled The Antarctica Enigma Reads. Little other information was released to the media about the mission, although most journalists were suspicious of its true purpose, given the huge amount of military hardware involved. The U.S. Navy also strongly emphasized that Operation High Jump was going to be a Navy show, Admiral Ramsey's preliminary orders of August 26, 1946 stated that, the Chief of Naval Operations only will deal with other governmental agencies and that no diplomatic negotiations are required. No foreign observers will be accepted. Not exactly an invitation to scrutiny, even from other arms of the government. Admiral Byrd, was a strategic choice as he was a national hero to the Americans. He had pioneered the technology that would be a foundation for modern polar exploration and investigation, had been repeatedly decorated and had undertaken many expeditions to Antarctica, and was also the first man to fly over both poles. However, the task force itself, remained strictly under the military command of Rear Admiral Richard Cruzen. Unfortunately, the ship's central group entered the ice pack off the Ross Sea on December 31, 1946, and found conditions as bad as had been noted for over a century. Sea breakers such as the USCG Seaburton Island, a ship that had only recently been commissioned and was still undergoing sea trials off the California coast when Operation High Jump was launched, fought to cut a way through the ice to help the men land. Richard Cruzen was one of a few men to have located at several oases which were actually the real reason the expedition team was sent there in the first place, although at the time only those with the top secret clearance would truly know the mission's true objective. An excerpt from the Davies County Historical Society reads, According to a Navy report, 1,000 miles of new coastline was discovered on exploratory trips by the Bear and Bird Seaplane. Commended by Secretary of the Navy Frank Knox for his superior seamanship, ability, courage, determination, efficiency, and good judgment in dangerous emergencies, Cruzen was one of the 16 members of the 1939-1941 expedition who received the Antarctic Expedition Medal, presented in November 1946. On December 2, 1946, Cruzen once more set sail for the Antarctic continent. This time, 
as Task Force Commander under Admiral Byrd of the Navy's Antarctic Developments Project also known as Operation High Jump, Cruzen led a force of 13 ships carrying some 4,000 men, including meteorologists, zoologists, physicists, and experts from oceanography institutes into the adventure of a lifetime. Besides looking for new scientific data, another purpose of the expedition was to train Navy personnel and to test standard Navy ships and other equipment in cold weather operations. Cruzen navigated through an ice pack of several hundred miles before reaching Little America. Icebergs and unpredictable weather were formidable foes during the course of the expedition. Among the discoveries made during the 1946-1947 expedition was the sighting of two oases, one a region of ice-free lakes and land. More than 300,000 square miles of unpatched territory were charted on aerial mapping operations. Their observations proved that radical changes would have to be made on existing maps of the Antarctic. Why would warm spots, with warm water exist in the Antarctic? Good question. What does this mean? The Hollow Earth Theory Researchers such as Dr. Brooks Agnew and others have deeply considered the possibility that the Earth itself could be hollow or egg-like. Although this theory seems hard to comprehend because you have been told exactly opposite your entire life, in school, and so on. Entertain this idea for a moment. What if the Earth was hollow? Would that be possible? Is there evidence to back this up? The answer is yes. Evidence shows that the Earth rings like a bell after an earthquake for a period of up to about 60 minutes and that's why some scientists and researchers say that this is due to the fact that the Earth is hollow. If the Earth had a solid core, when an earthquake happened, it would likely absorb all of the vibration and not resonate it. This is just one detail that should open your mind to the possibility that a hollow planet is a possibility. Famous author and lecture, David Icke, explains in his book, Moon Matrix, exactly how the moon is likely hollow as well. While Icke has been received lately harshly with criticisms, an ActivistPost.com article points out how Icke believes that the moon is an interdimensional, intensity portal for entities and energies from other dimensions. He believes that aliens use the moon as a home base for hijacking signals from the universe so that our bodily forms that are experiencing this virtual reality on Earth, can't fully experience what our Creator meant for it to be. These aliens are the same reptilian shapeshifters that it claims are responsible for much of the suffering on our planet. Reptilians want to filter anything beyond our five senses so that it manipulates what kind of world we can experience. I myself have had the privilege of interviewing David Icke and other Hollow Earth experts, such as Rodney Clough and Dr. Brooks Agnew, personally, pushing me further into accepting that this theory may be more than just a theory. Virtually every culture and civilization across the planet, throughout time, has documented what appears to be the existence of a hollow earth. According to Dr. Brooks Agnew, who I have personally interviewed many times, a hollow earth is a very real possibility. Agnew has focused his studies to the North Pole region, as him and his team plan to one day locate a documented polar depression, thus launching test overflights from a nuclear-powered icebreaker. 
Brooks and his team plan a scientific expedition to the brim of the hollow earth, which proves to be unsuccessful at this time due to a lack of funding. Brooks plans to use a sun compass and a gyroscope above the 60th parallel to get accurate measurements of the oceanic depression. If the rate of change begins to increase, then likely the team would be entering the long elusive polar depression, which has been reported by ancient Viking explorers and modern-day seamen alike. Moreover during an interview on Red Ice Radio, Agnew talked about the formation of planets, Sir Isaac Newton, and the difference between thick and thin crust physics, zero gravity, and more. The episode is very interesting to say the least. Essentially what Agnew was talking about is what's known as a rather large graviton. You know, those rides at the county fair that's been real fast. They stick you to the wall then the floor lowers. Oh boy, I can smell the funnel cake and the cotton candy now. <laughs> Do you think a hollow earth is possible? In the interview Agnew continues to get into the possibility of a hollow earth, questioning the possibility of advanced life within. Agnew explains how migration patterns of birds could be proof that something to the nature of a hollow earth exists, as birds migrate north for winter in some cases, retreating to a warm area in the polar region. Additionally it has been reported that the US Navy encountered several UFOs during the Antarctic expedition, and possibly may have had a firefight with at least one of them. A brief clip of this was allegedly caught on film. Some also speculate that mermaids and other rare creatures may derive from the inner earth, sometimes making their way into the upper waters divided by the firmament as mentioned in the Bible. I'd be interested to see that video yeah. of the supposed uh, fight with the alien. But you think we're really going to find it? Uh, how would you even search for it? Um, Operation High Jump. Alien fight? <laughs> Operation Alien Firefight? An alien firefight really take place at Dulce Bound. That's New Mexico. That's one thing we can... You gotta change it to Operation... I, I, I thought I put it in there. No. Anyway. You've done that twice now today. Have I? Jump ahead myself. Yeah, you, you think it in your head, but... There you go, UFO attack on U.S. Navy 22647. Hmm. Huh. Well, let's play this one and this one if we don't get anything out of this one. And see. Let's just see. Mm-hmm. Curious. Russians, believe it or not, are disclosing. We haven't disclosed yet, but the Russians have disclosed in a hour and a half video documentary of an event that took place in 1967 down in the uh, Antarctica. Uh, I'm going to tell you briefly about what we know about it, but they, their KGB, declassified the information that I'm going to share with you. This is a historical fact, which we have information around the sides of it, but we're going to try to expose it so that you can understand what really happened. So, the 
war ended, we're talking about World War II, in 1945, there was a trial in Nuremberg, Germany, of the top Nazi uh, leaders. And one guy was named Admiral Donitz. He was Hitler's chief submarine guy. He was in charge of all the U-boats. And he was bragging at the Nuremberg trial that they had discovered a Shangri-La. He's just, He's just talking, talking about, about it. About yeah. it. Let's see what this one is. In 1947, Admiral Richard E. Byrd led 4,000 military troops from the U.S., He's Britain, and Australia in an invasion of Antarctica called Operation High Jump, and at least one follow-up expedition. Operation High Jump, which was basically an invasion of the Antarctic, consisted of three naval battle groups, which departed Norfolk, VA, on the 2nd of December 1946. They were led by Admiral Richard E. Byrd's command ship, the Icebreaker Northwind, and consisted of the catapult ship Pine Island, the destroyer Brownson, the aircraft carrier Philippine Sea, the U.S. submarine Senate, two support vessels Yankee and Merrick, and two tankers Canistad and Capicon, the destroyer Henderson, and a floatplane ship Currituck, a British-Norwegian force and a Russian force, and some Australian and Canadian forces were also involved. Operation Your Jump has become a topic among UFO conspiracy theorists, who claim it was a covert U.S. military operation to conquer alleged secret underground Nazi facilities in Antarctica and capture the German frail flying disks, or Thal Mercury-powered spaceship prototypes. This has always been denied the by the U.S. military. Over. But new declassified pictures from Operation Hijump show some very odd details that do not fit in with the official story. Just before the end of World War II, two German provision U-boats, U-530 and U-977, were launched from a port on the Baltic Sea following a steady stream of supplies that was carried out throughout the closing stages of the war. Reportedly they took with them members of the anti-gravity disk research and development teams carrying notes drawings and designs for German flying discs. The last of the most vital disc components were on these vessels. Much of the technology and hardware that the Allies were looking for concerning the Nazis' secret weapons program had been transported to the base during the course of the war. This included the notes and drawings for the latest saucer or aerial disc designs and designs for the gigantic underground complexes and living accommodations based on the remarkable underground factories of Nordhausen in the Hare's Mountains. The two U-boats duly reached the new land of Norschwabenland in Antarctica, where they unloaded everything. They then arrived in Argentina several months later, minus the original cargo and most of the crew. Rumors began to circulate that even though Germany had been defeated, a selection of military personnel and scientists had fled the fatherland as Allied troops swept across mainland Europe and established themselves at a base on Antarctica from where they continued to develop advanced aircraft based on extraterrestrial technologies. The fact is that there was plenty of evidence, at the time, to indicate that as late as 1947, elements of the Kriegsmarine, or German Navy, were still very much active in the South Atlantic, operating either out of South America, or some base, previously unsuspected, in the Antarctic. Many stories were circulating at the time. Upon the Navy's return, all information was classified top secret, and the only person to being talking about the mission, the Secretary of the Navy James Forrestal, was quickly institutionalized in Bethesda Naval Hospital Psychiatric Ward, 
and later died from a suspicious suicide. The Nazis embraced the occult and believed that the Earth could be hollow. They also believed that Hollow Center could be inhabited by aliens. In fact they believed this so much that one of their missions was specifically designed to find an entrance to the Earth's interior and make contact with the inhabitants for support in the war, should they be located. Alright. So Yeah, I think we should do another one on that James Forrestal guy and just spend a lot of time researching that dude. Yeah, because there's definitely some shit with that. Yeah. Um, they fucking threw his ass into the... Yeah, the death is very odd about that. <clears throat> so, we'll have to cover him in a separate episode. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, you're not going to find the fucking video of... Yeah. The footage, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, if it was out there, I'm sure it would be removed. Yeah, as it's quick already, as it got yeah. put up. Um, I don't know. It's. I, I was looking at one thing. There's an actual book uh, about Admiral Byrd. It's called Alone. It's his about his expedition down there. Mm-hmm. And it's basically talking about how being down there like let's see I'll go up here to the description of the book I I thought this could kind of go hand in hand with um he began suffering inexplicable symptoms of mental and physical illness by the time he discovered that the carbon monoxide from a defective stovepipe was poisoning him Bird was already engaged in a monumental struggle to save his life and preserve his sanity preserve his sanity uh, I read that twice on purpose because what if when he comes back from this that's when he comes up with all this crazy In shit that he supposedly shit, did but it's because he actually fucking went nuts while he was there mm-hmm. think about it, you're isolated, you're by yourself I mean isolation will show you people oh, yeah, fucking look at, go look at prison you look at, you yeah. know, people in prison and shit they go crazy when they're in isolation um, I'd be curious to read this book. Um, he is the author of it, so he wrote it. Now, wasn't that other one, the Inner Peace one or whatever, Inner World one? The the Missing Diaries, that one there. Oh, that was a piece of shit. Yeah, that, well, I saw that one person's review. Everybody um, said it was a piece of shit. But did he write that? No, he didn't write it. Okay. That. That's somebody else. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out then. How did they know it was the Missing Diaries of him? Yeah, that's just somebody trying to... Make money off of them. Yeah. Fucking cocksuckers. Um, so I'd be curious to get this book alone, but... I Wait, scroll down. Something about a college gonna... student. Do you get a college discount? Scroll up a little bit more. Up, right in the middle there. Oh, okay. I just saw college students. I was like, well, shit, if I can get it for cheaper, I'll get it for you, but it, it's something prime student. It's, it's never prime heard of student. It. If you just have prime... I think prime for students is cheaper if you buy the... Amazon prime through as, as a student. Mm-hmm. You get it for cheaper than a... Regular Amazon Prime right. subscriber. I'll have to see if I can change that then, get cheaper. Yeah. Well, probably when it renews, you can mm-hmm. adjust your thing. I don't know. It, so, I want to play devil's advocate real quick before we end this mm-hmm. and say that, okay, if he went nuts and came up with this whole fucking thing and it just kind of stuck in like a, 
weird little hole and got passed on, passed on, passed on, and now we're here. We are talking about this inner Earth and uh, Agartha and all this mm-hmm. shit that he dreamt up on his own fucking loopy whatever. But the other piece there is that that video ended with the Germans really did go down to Antarctica. They really did think there was something there. Mm-hmm. They really did think there was a hollow earth. They, all this shit is real that they they actually spent money to go down there to do. Now, the whole U.S. Operation High Jump was, is shrouded in secrecy. Um, right. The problem with that is all these other things, expeditions, and researchers that are down there that, I, I mean, the whole, that group that went missing for two weeks or whatever, and when they were finally found, were scared. Well, you'd be scared, too, if you were mm-hmm. fucking left in the middle of nowhere. I don't I think thought that, you were going to die. I don't think know, that right? explains that they saw something mysterious. Now, mm-hmm. what is odd about that is that those researchers were taken, what, back to U.S., or they were taken somewhere and then never seen again? Mm-hmm. Well, is that just, you know, is that really true, that they were never seen again? Or was their mission done, so they were back to normal life? Or That's what I was going to say. Is, yeah, they would never see him back at Antarctica if they were done. Right. So, yeah, they say never seen him again. Well, yeah, saw him. Yeah, right. Were they seen again here by their families? Or did these people literally disappear off right. the face right. of the earth? If, that. if that's the case, then, yes, there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of don't like when they say shit like that because give us something as to how they weren't ever seen again. Meaning, right. like, here's their families. These family members from all these different people have never seen them again. Mm-hmm. Well, now you, we can tie it to something. If you just right. say whatever, well, that doesn't mean shit to me then. I you agree. I, mean? I agree. You're, you're full of shit at that point. But one thing I want to bring up, too, when we talk about him maybe possibly losing his sanity, which is an interesting take on it, what if he found, though, that he... Oh, no, that was in China. Never mind. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, what if he found that? Because those pictures and stuff sound a lot like what he described. Yeah. So he could have found uh, another hidden cave, cavern type thing like that, because um, they were, they looked very similar and it, it sounded the same as far as how he described it. And when we did that one inner Earth thing, yeah. um, so maybe he was he actually found the inner Earth part because it is we'll go with the hollow part. It's mm-hmm. hollow, or at least a lot of caverns. Right. And he found something like that, and because he was loopy, he imagined all that other bullshit, the the taller rays and the having cups of coffee or whatever the fuck he said he did with the guys maybe all that was in his head and but, but he see, did find something the other odd thing about that is it, they've there's actual bones that have been found in missouri i mean close to where we're at in relatively close of these giant human beings giant skulls you we've seen the pictures remember no you had joy in here when we pulled it up that way. I remember I was looking up the uh, Skull Island thing. No, no, no. The Joy was sitting in here when we did this. This was... Uh, Forever ago. Yeah. And um, in the Smithsonian, as there's a whole big thing on that where they've been... Back in this has been like where these bones were discovered in like rural America mm-hmm. and donated to the Smithsonian. They took them out to the middle of the fucking ocean and dumped them. Rather than oh, no display, them. display them, and it's a giant cover-up that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but happened. These, so the, 
there was a time when there was much larger people than are today that there's there's these bones. They're not dinosaur bones. These are human mm-hmm. humanoid bones of big people, like skulls bigger than we have that are right. like their leg would be the height of us, of mm-hmm. just a leg. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking big person. Oh yeah. Um so where I mean some of the shit that we read originally when we did the Hollow Earth episode it's it kind of ties in with other things but could you do that hypothetically let's say we have all this information from all these different episodes we did and then we just create a fucking whole story about it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um to like we just wrote a book and then sometime long after we we die somebody picks up this book reads it and's like oh look at this you know like and then right pushes it out they have access to push it out to the masses which somehow we never were able to do mm-hmm. and you know it becomes a thing but yet it's all bullshit right or based on little pieces of history that were forgotten but and we tied a bunch of stuff together that isn't actually real or, mm-hmm. or not i don't know see that's the thing there's so much that is real it could just be one giant bullshit thing or he could have lost his mind based on what he actually saw, and that's like the narrative they pushed. Then though he went crazy, mm-hmm. we actually saw this shit. He didn't actually lose his mind. This is what he saw. The problem is, why can't we? Why is it so hard to prove these things? You have to go with the logical thing that they're not true. Then. Yeah, either that or they're, they are true and they are covering it up, but they're doing everything they can to cover it. How can everything else, all this other shit gets exposed eventually? Like, look how much shit politically has been declassified or exposed through WikiLeaks. People that work for the... So did they destroy everything from this Antarctica, these, these expeditions and all this? Know. And why isn't there more information on it? You know? I don't know. It is weird mm-hmm. that we we know enough that these things existed why can't we get a list of these people these researchers why is that so hard to get on just simply googling it maybe maybe they didn't exist maybe that's bullshit too that's the thing i, I i'm almost i'm at a loss either way regardless of any of this being real or bullshit there's something odd about antarctica mm-hmm. if if they're doing just research down there i i get the they're being uh, it difficult to fly down there. It's difficult to, you know, obviously there's plane crash after plane crash. So that could explain why just basic people can't go down there. But it's also odd that if there's 30 countries, why they all haven't gotten together and said, well, let's fucking make some money off this place. Let's put a hotel down here. Let's mm-hmm. do something. You know let's what I mean? Tourist this place. Why haven't yeah. they, you know what I mean? You can have, uh, Airports in Alaska, they're constantly covered in snow, too, but you have mm-hmm. we have machines that can clear snow almost instantly. You have runways that can that have heating elements underneath right. that you can't. Snow won't accumulate. It just melts instantly. Mm-hmm. You tell me we can't do that, Antarctica, some way, somehow. It's not like the entire thing is just the South Pole. Right. There's other parts that come up fairly close to, like, 
South Australia America, and it. South America. Mm-hmm. It seems like they why don't put you why don't you put a fucking runway over there? They've blasted out mountains and shit like that in other places in the world. Mm-hmm. Make a flat area if there isn't one. In all that space Make you're telling down, me there's right, no yeah. fucking flat area you can put a fucking runway on? I don't buy it. There's something odd about it. Well, oh. yeah, I agree. Well, or, they've got, or, they've or, already got some runways because of the bases. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's more to it than we'll know. I and think, I get there's danger, but that's not the whole reason. As you can't do. Dude, there's dan- danger in Africa and the fucking jungles, yeah. rainforest and shit. Right. People go there. We figure it out. Yeah. So why is that the one place on this entire planet you just can't access as a basic citizen of any country? You just can't get there. Mm-hmm. You have to go through. Look at uh, Lockheed Martin. Like, they're hiring. You can go down there and be a fucking janitor at one of these uh, facilities or whatever. It, it, that's for, like, people that have no brain, mm-hmm. that can clean toilets or be a plumber yeah. or something like that. You need a brain to be a plumber. But you can get a job. You can go down there, but you're signing all these forms mm-hmm. to get approval to go down there. You can't just fucking go down there. I know that one site said, oh, anybody could just fly over top. That's bullshit. Well, then, let's try it. Uh, we need to go to Australia. I mean, we'd have to invest $10,000 just for the fucking flight, but I want to see it then. I want to see it from my own fucking eyes. I want to fly over during the day. Not at night, during the day. And I want to see where we exactly go. I want to watch a little tracker on my fucking phone, because you can do that, you know. Mm -hmm. Southwest will say, oh, well, obviously Southwest wouldn't be the flight, but I want to see this shit. Mm -hmm. How exactly are we going? I'm going to go right over top of it then. You'll never get that. Never. Because it's impossible. No, and if we got, like, a private plane and we're doing it, they'd shoot us down or we'd Something get, would happen. We'd get escorted down quickly. Yeah, there, I guarantee you. Yeah, let's say we could put together a shit ton of money, got a fucking pilot that could do it, got a decent plane that could do it, handle... Not a fucking L-130 no, CR would, yeah, we bullshit. Would, we would definitely not get one that <laughs> has a history of apparently crashing down there. But something we're, we're not landing. We're just flying over. Mm-hmm. And let's see. I bet you... Fighter jets would show up on either side of us, and they would say they would escort us the fuck away from wherever. Yep. And we're testing clean air. That's a reason you can't fly over a certain area down there. Bullshit. Yeah. That doesn't even make yeah. sense. They're sampling called wind. air quality. Yeah. Why are you down there sampling air quality? Why? Yeah. There should be no reason to. There's no cars, no nothing to have any yeah. pollution or anything. Well, air's pretty fucking clear. And why yeah. you're telling me almost a, a mile or two up in the air? A fucking plane's going to infect your fucking air? Oh, uh, the sample's all fucked now. A plane went over 20 minutes ago. We're yeah. fucked. Well, I think a plane flying over would actually help you do your testing better. Because you'd see, okay, well, a plane flew over. Now the air quality's worse. Mm-hmm. So airplanes are bad for the... Okay, well, that helps your test. Right. I, it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. I, and I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm more curious about this James Forrestal. We're going to do something on that guy at some point. Because you don't have a closed... You don't jump out of a window but close it first. You don't scratch up yeah. around your window and then have somebody else write your fucking note. I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot suspect about now, that. Now, I get it. He This is what happened. In the weeks leading up to his death, but he's only been there for a couple of weeks, he scratched the window so hard because he wanted out, hurt his hand, couldn't actually write his letter, had his friend or, or nurse or someone write the suicide letter for him. Mm-hmm. They left... He jumped out the window, and they came over, saw it, shut the window because it was cold. Um, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. 
That's the, the, the official story. That's the only logical explanation, though. Yeah, of course. Besides the fact that he was being thrown out the fucking window. He was trying to get the fuck, you know, don't, don't, don't throw me out. I'm trying to scratch well, out through. And, the yeah. fact that he didn't take himself and his family didn't put him in a mental institution. Mm-hmm. The government did? Hell yeah, they did. Why? Why? Section 8, man. They didn't want to kill him, but Section then they realized, listen, he's not going to stop. We need to just get mm-hmm. rid of him. Yeah, because once he was getting released, I we're think gonna, he going to get released the next day, right? We're going to get into that. Well, you, you have... Yeah, if you don't, we'll get into him because mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it's enough to do a full episode. Oh, but, dude, we'll make a full on that motherfucker. Um, I want to know the official story, and then I want to know what they claim is the actual story, and then let's do a compare based on the evidence. Mm-hmm. That's what the episode's going to be about. Um, that's definitely one to look into, if not the next one we do, because there's something to it. It'd be nice if we could get a hold of somebody. From this VXE-6, somebody on one of these research teams that was out there. Well, if anybody knows anybody in Antarctica or knows somebody that was there for some reason, get them in touch with us. I'd like to talk to somebody mm-hmm. that's been down there. I don't, Do you know anybody that's down there? No. I mean, not that we would. It's not like we know that many people. But you'd think at some point you'd run into somebody that's like, oh, yeah, my brother's dad worked there. Okay, well. My, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. Somebody should know somebody that's yeah. been in fucking Antarctica. Yeah. Because each person we know knows somebody. And they know people. And they know people. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, we ought to be able to get somebody back to us that's supposedly been there. Mm-hmm. With something. Some proof that they were there. And then let's talk to them. What kind of shit do they hear about while they're down there? Right. I don't know. I have a feeling nothing will come from that. Not that there's not anybody down there. I'd just be curious to know if they're having to sign disclosure things. Don't speak about what happens down here. Don't speak about what you do down here. All that stuff. Yeah, or we'll kill you. Well, they're not going to say that, but, you know, that's basically what it mm-hmm. is. It's, you know. And why the fuck is Lockheed Martin down there doing scientific research? Yeah. That they couldn't, something down there that they can't do up here. Lockheed Martin was what? Space, aeronautical, something. Weapons. Weapons. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And what's all this shit about a hole? Why is Antarctica so mysterious? It doesn't need to be. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. So, more to come on this. I, th- I think we're just scratching the surface here. But I also think there's a lot of... We've got to break through the ice. Shit that's... Yeah, it's, it's, something's muddy. This is muddied up for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I need, I need time well, to... You remember when we it. tried to Google map it that one time and it was all copy and pasted and shit? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah I mean, there's a lot weird about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be. Just simply fly over... Okay, we have spy planes that fly over Russia... And we make sure we get those goddamn planes and those pictures just right so we can map this shit out. This is what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now you go on Google Maps. If they can do that for Russia from back in the fucking 40s, cameras only got better. Satellites right. only got better. Oh, yeah. Why don't we have a real clear picture of Antarctica? Mm-hmm. Why are we finding these? Okay, so if Google Maps, if you have patching problems with when you get these pictures back 
You, we have satellites constantly, every fucking direction around this planet, mm-hmm. all the time. I think it would take a day to get another picture of that part that you have a patching hole, and let's fill that. Yeah. Why aren't we doing that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Come on, Google. <laughs> get your shit, You're man. hiding shit, is what it is. What are mm-hmm. you hiding, though? And why are you hiding it? It's It's simple. Getting paid. But what's there? Who's paying Google to hide that shit? Lockheed Martin. Al Gore. I mean, hmm. is there even ice down there? Global warming tells us there ought to be no fucking ice down there, right? It should never snow again because of global warming. My favorite was when they said, uh, oh, we have these really, really cold winters because of global warming. Because that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's why it's extra cold because of global warming. I would think global warming would be there's no more winter. I would like that. Yeah. I what's hate what's snow. the problem here? I hate snow. You know what I mean? I don't know. Something odd about Antarctica. Yeah. I, I, to me, if there's nothing down there, nothing secretive about it, why do we have to make it seem that way? Why do we got to seem like we're hiding everything? Yeah. And and it's not just the U.S. Supposedly there's 30 other countries that all have bases down there or, or all working together. Why aren't other countries coming out with shit then? Why is everything? Why is the research so secretive? Why aren't we getting shit constantly about it? Let us decide if your articles are full of shit. You're not even writing articles on it. That's the thing. Right, and no other country is. That's the weird yeah, thing, too. There's nothing about it. Well, what the fuck's going on down there, then? 30 other countries, and no one else has said anything. Yeah. You're telling me 30 countries, and you're doing all this research? and You ain't found nothing yet? Yeah. Then, then stop doing the research. There's nothing down there, then. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing they said about the moon. Oh, there's nothing there. There's no reason to go back. Well, then... Okay. So now they're obviously telling us, then, if we go by their logic... They're telling us there's something there because they're still there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I don't. I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's a vicious. Why aren't we circle. getting more information? You're doing this research. Where's the information? Why is it, why when you Google Antarctica, is it so hard to find anything about this shit? Mm-hmm. Is it all nonsense? Or is Google Google shouldn't be allowed to fuck with their results like that too? If I type in Antarctica, or Hillary Clinton crime, I ought to get her list of her fucking crimes. I shouldn't get a crime bill that she did from fucking 1992 that was her voting against crime, or or whatever. You know what I mean? I want to... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so stupid. I'm really starting to lose faith in Google. I'm starting to lose faith in everything. You can't even fucking research anymore. It's so muddied Mm -hmm. anymore. James Forrestal. We're doing some research on him. and uh, Maybe we need to go to the library. Uh, libraries are bullshit anymore. Okay. We, 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 what we need to do is we need to get somebody in a certain position that's going to start giving us stuff secretly. That <laughs> we, I don't know. Do you think a library is really going to have something that... No, but we can find books and shit, though. Well, maybe we need to take a trip to a library then. I don't even know uh, what libraries library. are. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> well, I kind of do think they are because they're. For one, any kind of old book is going to be gone now. That's going to have anything to do with this. Like if somebody wrote a book uh, back yeah. in the fifties about it, do you really think they're still going to have it? Because no kid in today is going to rent that book. Right. So they're just going to get rid of it. Yeah. True. Throw it away. Burn it. Whatever. They're going to have all newer shit. 
dumb. I, I don't know. It's it's that's why they make it so hard. This is how you can tell a narrative and bullshit a history mm-hmm. of a fucking country of a world. Right. It's really frustrating, dude. I just don't understand why it's got to be such a fucking secret. Do you really so think if bullshit. there were aliens, people would go fucking insane? No. I really don't think... I think there would be if a anything, group of people that would, but... There would be people... There would be some... I would say a small group of people will get crazy and do stupid shit. There will be uh, a bigger group that would be pissed off and try and overthrow the government because they lied to us all this time and they're just pissed off about it. And the other ones, a lot of them will just don't give a fuck. They won't care. It would know? fuck up all basis of religion, though. Lots, yeah. lots of religions control would be lost that moment that came through. Mm-hmm. So that implicates all religions in funding a cover-up of it. Because the knowledge of race from another planet or galaxy or whatever would totally fuck up their whole thing. Not saying yeah. that God doesn't exist, but they would have to incorporate that. You notice the Catholic religion started doing that. Saying, well, there's the possibility of life on other planets. There is a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, before they used to fucking deny know, it. And, yeah. and now this new guy is saying all that. Well, is he saying that for that reason? Because it's coming and they know it. They know it's eventually going to come out. Or is are they double playing us here? Mm-hmm. Want us to think there is. Even though we've had no contact, all these UFOs are all military things or whatever. Right. And they're trying to just, it's another way to control by slowly putting it into our our zeitgeist, yeah, it could be. I, it, how the fuck do you know anymore? This is where I I get to this point where it's like I just need to step away because I want to fucking scream because I feel like you can't trust anything that you read. You can't when it all seems like it doesn't need to be this complicated. Why not just fucking put out what it is? Yeah. Why do we lie about everything? Yeah. Why? Who cares? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Dave, that is not water in that bottle. Well, you know that's a lie. Doesn't that just fucking well, irritate yeah. the shit out of you? Like, yeah. if I just maintained it, though, like hardcore, mm-hmm. like I really maintain that's not water, even though that's water. I maintained it wasn't, though, even though you knew it was. You knew it was I was lying. Mm-hmm. Wasn't at a certain point you'd be like, why are you lying about that? Right. What, what, what who gives a make? fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know, it. Yeah, no, I that's where I'm at. I feel like right. everything, to some extent, is just has to be a fucking lie because we we just it's a constant cover up. But why yeah. is it so that so they start one small lie turned into another lie turned into another lie? And now they have lied so much they have to just maintain that lie, yeah. like the fucking video from um, Dinesh D'Souza. Deny, deny, deny. Yeah, you know, just just always you just. Just keep lying because you can't. You can't ever. Because once you admit to one lie, you, you get that. You give us that thread, then we just start pulling on it, and you just yeah. everything unravels. And the whole thing unravels, and yep. you've got a giant fucking blanket that's no longer a blanket. It's one giant piece of string, mm-hmm. and it changes everything because no longer that string can keep you warm. Yeah, or the whole blanket can. Yeah, meaning shrouded as opposed to now you have a fucking string. Yeah, you've been exposed, type of thing. I don't know. We'll do another one on James Forrestal. Cool. See what else we can find. I, we have to do research off the air. Yeah, no, I, I'm down for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like this one, all I did was get frustrated. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. 
next time. See ya. I'm not positive it's next episode or in a few episodes or at some point we will definitely cover James Forrestal and this mysterious uh, life he led and death. More specifically, um, try and get to the bottom of uh, the conspiracy about his death. It's quite odd how you can uh, commit suicide, but after you jump out that window, you're able to close it, lock it, and then uh, you'd also scratch around the window beforehand, you know, to, what, throw off the police, but that they still were able to see past that and rule it. It just doesn't make sense. Anyways, we'll get into all that in a future episode. Um, yeah. If you have any, uh, how about this? If you have any information on James Forrestal, or any information on Antarctica, if you know somebody or you specifically have been to Antarctica and would like to um, give us your thoughts, opinions, um, pictures that you've taken while you were at Antarctica or flew over, whatever the case may be, if you know somebody that's been there, uh, then have them hit us up. Email us uh, with their story, contact information, whatever. I'd love to talk to anybody that's been there or know somebody that's been there uh you know just a, a simple conversation i'm very curious to talk to somebody that's actually been to antarctica uh email me thinktankpod at gmail.com uh or you can tweet at me at the think tank pod very simple um yeah anything about antarctica send my way i'm uh, i'm always always curious and interested in these topics so um once again real quick do your shopping online at amazon but first go to thearyman.com click the sponsor tab on the amazon banner everything's the same once you're at amazon amazon just gets get, kicks us back a small percentage of their profits and it's a win-win-win also phoenixbeardoils.com find whatever you want there and then during your checkout process enter the promo code d2r you'll get 10 percent off your entire order and a free sample there you have it like i said i'm not sure what next week will be because we have not technically recorded it yet um i know we have that james forrestal it's fresh on the brain and uh it very well could be the topic we cover next week if not we will cover it very soon um, another topic we're looking at doing is the whole Oklahoma City bombing with uh, Timothy McVeigh and Ruby Ridge and all that stuff. I know that's one that probably coming up possibly next week or very soon. I know that's one that uh, we've gotten some requests on. Um, yeah, we've got a handful of stuff. We've got a whole whole sheet of, uh, of topics that have been sent our way or we've just gotten interested in. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff coming. There is no end to these uh, topics and conspiracies and all this. So, and there's there's more information coming out every day about various different things. And then we go back and we'll add on 
to the uh, as the as the hole gets deeper and the mystery gets more mysterious. So, yeah, that's enough of me rambling for today. A long episode. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.
D2R Podcast Network, brought to you by Dream to Reality Entertainment. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the D2R Podcast Network on iTunes. Give us a rating and leave us a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Your word of mouth is our only advertising, so please do us a solid. Share us with everyone you know. Thanks for listening. 